The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sell Better Daily Sales Show by JB Sales. We are so excited to have you guys here. I'm Caroline, I'm your host today. I am here with our two fantastic guests, Brandon Baker and Lucy Obertelli. And today we're going to talk about prospecting like a pro. So we're going to go through a day in the life of a top SDR. We are so excited to have you all here. Um, we have a couple housekeeping details. So you will get the recording via email after your session. So you will be able to go back, watch all of this goodness. Um, please ask your questions in the Q&A box and vote for your favorite ones because we will be answering the top three questions at the end of this show. Please be respectful and keep it professional. Uh, and without further ado, let's introduce our guests today. So we have Lucy Obertelli. She is an SDR team lead at Source Whale. And we have Brandon Baker. And Brandon is actually open to his next opportunity. So if you are looking for a top SDR, and I mean like top of the top here, please feel free to reach out to Brandon. He would make a fantastic addition to any team. So before we start, if you are looking to level up your game in 2023, we're here to help with our Sell Better daily sales show. Super exciting stuff. We also have our membership with instant access to training and all of the resources for our corporate sales training. So feel free to go right now, scan this little QR code, put it up in your browser, save it for after this show and leverage all of our awesome resources. And of course, we would not be able to do this without our fantastic partners. So thank you so much to folks at Owler. And our daily value drop is from Owler. It's a fantastic free resource that we will be following up with after this show. So thanks, Owler, for making this possible. And thank you so much for partnering with us. All right, so let's dive into it, everyone. We are going to be talking today about the most creative ways to spice up your prospecting routine. This is stuff that you've probably never even heard before. We have some really unique approaches to spicing up your routine. Uh, we have Miss Lucy Obertelli here. She's the meme queen and the gif queen. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about leveraging memes and gifs. We're also going to be talking about video prospecting super hot topic right now. We have an awesome framework from our friend, Catherine Caldwell, and we want to dive into that. Um, and then we're going to be talking about how to scale up those daily video prospecting efforts to win over prospects. So this isn't your average video prospecting. We're going to talk about how to be unique, how to differentiate your approach with video messaging, and how to win. And then we're going to talk about the keys to consistent and repeatable success each day, week, month, and quarter. So before we dive into this, I have a question for everyone. So if everyone can go ahead and answer this question here, who's in the room? I want to know, are you guys SDRs, AEs, managers in senior leadership? And if none of those titles apply to you, throw it in the chat. We want to know. Awesome. I'm seeing mostly SDRs, which makes total sense given the title of this web of this show. So fantastic. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to start here. We're going to dive right in. We are going to talk about the most creative ways to spice up your prospecting routine. I want to start, we're going to talk about video prospecting in a minute. So where I really want to start is, Lucy, I want you to tell us about GIFs. 
I want you to talk to us about what you mean by a Giphy capture and how people can leverage that. Yeah, 100%. So um, Giphy's, GIFs, memes, whatever you want to call them. Um, I think I've heard them called memes when I like cold called someone. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run with this. That's cool. Um, but 100% are one of the most effective ways to stand out in your prospecting efforts at the moment. Um, I think humor goes a long way in prospecting and just being able to capture that attention and um, loosens your prospect up a little bit like you're, they're full to the brim. Their email inboxes are full to the brim with lots of different stuff. And um, if you can stand out by sending something that's relatable, humorous, um, you're going to get their attention. And uh, yeah, hopefully it goes a long way. I actually believe that, Brandon, am I right in saying that you sent a Giphy capture to Caroline before in a previous life? <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I uh, So with Giphy's, um, if I'm like prospecting on LinkedIn, uh, what I would do is have a little quick snippet of like, this is what it's going to look like, um, for the end user. So even if I, um, wasn't reaching out to decision makers, like if I was reaching out to SDRs, SDR managers, or, um, sales enablement, like, uh, Caroline, I would mm-hmm. send, um, Giphy's about the product, just a quick little 10 second GIF of, uh, what this would look like in a certain integration so they can see like, oh, okay, this is like kind of like a hands-on, this is what it would look like. So it just directly is adding value and you're not like wasting too much time. Again, everyone's visual, right? I could like plain text it and explain it like, but it's just going to take too long versus like a 10 second visual. Like it's like, okay, boom, I got it. I understand. So I definitely second um, what Lucy is doing. Fantastic. So we're talking about gifts in two different ways. So what I'm hearing is Lucy likes using gifts for humor. Brandon likes using gifts for kind of tactical. We're showing you what we do. This is awesome. And I saw a great question in the chat. So someone asked, is this for email or for LinkedIn? So Brandon, what do you think? Does it does it affect email deliverability to send a GIF? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so what I what I would do, because I've done both, I've done both email and LinkedIn. I wouldn't send um, a like gift via email until I know that the deliver like it's been deliverable in my domain. And the only the the best way to know is if you've already gotten a reply. So if I've gotten a reply and they like have a question, that's a very easy way of just being like, okay, cool. Like let me show you like this outreach integration versus my gift because I know it's going to be delivered. Um, and then LinkedIn, but I. I use LinkedIn a little bit more just because I know it's going to be delivered to their LinkedIn inbox. That's a fantastic point. So for everyone listening, essentially what Brandon's saying is wait until that person responds, then you know for sure it's going to be delivered. So to Mm -hmm. whoever has that question about deliverability, there's your answer. Thanks so much, Brandon. And Lucy, what do you think? Do you like doing gifts over email or over LinkedIn, Lucy? Um, sorry. So, um, yeah, I am a, like, I love sending them over LinkedIn. I feel like it really softens people up. Like, I also think it reveals like there's a human behind like a message you've sent or anything like that. Um, I like kind of have had varying success over email, but I can't sit here and say it's not worked. So it's worth doing. Give it a shot. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Awesome. Cool. Put a one in the chat if you're open to trying using GIFs in your prospecting. I'm so curious to see. Yeah, we're already yeah. seeing. Yeah. Love that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, open-minded I love folks this. here. Wow. 
Yeah, lots of people joining. I'm so excited to have everyone here. So another thing, Brandon, I wanted to talk to you about this. Um, Can you tell people what Team Link connections are and how effectively leveraging that filter in Sales Navigator is a game changer for prospecting? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously we know like 2023, it is getting just harder and harder to like get in front of the people you're trying to. And, uh, you know, there's so many channels, there's so many, like so much digital noise. So the easiest way that, and I wish I would have known this, like when I was ramping up, but honestly, working smarter, not harder, like the easier way to like get in front of people, at least via LinkedIn is to already be, um, have a team link intro. So I actually would do this, um, a lot with, um, the account manager that I was close with. And even, uh, you'll be surprised, even like a CEO or co-founder, if you ask them, if you give them a little heads up, they'll be open-minded to do it as well. So, um, basically what I would do, I believe it's under the, um, spotlight section of LinkedIn Navigator. And then you go down to Team Link Intro and then whatever account that you're going through, you can just see um, the people that are connected to your teammates. And then whatever teammates that you feel comfortable saying like, hey, like I have this person, do you know them personally? Um, I think that's a good, that's kind of what you have to do initially. Because if they only are like, you know, connected with them, then it might not resonate. But if they, you know, have met them at an event or like know them on a personal level, then I think it's definitely an advantage. I've done it, like I said, with my C, uh, with the CEO I used to work with, with, you know, account managers, stuff like that. And it always got replies because they know them personally. So. Fantastic. That's a really great tip. Put a one in the chat if you're currently leveraging Sales Navigator, uh, Team Link Connections of. Interesting. We got some ones trickling in. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Lucy, can you talk to us a little bit about personalization? Because being a team lead, right, and, and carrying a bag, but also leading SDRs, I imagine personalization and relevancy must be top of mind for you. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you personalize and how you enable your team to personalize? hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it's something that we're really passionate about. If anybody takes a look at um, Sourcewell, we're all about personalization. So um, it's kind of our bread and butter, but the power of personalization and in the best way to do it is to, when you're writing an email, make it stand out. Like if somebody got an email and the subject line is something that's going to stand out in their inbox, it's going to make them open it. And um, you can kind of have to say goodbye to the things where you used to put like your company X, our company, or like those sort of things. Now it just stinks of a sales email. And um, you kind of want to pique that curiosity um, and maybe mention something that they've said or their comments or one of the articles they've written, or there's now like so many more things you can personalize on just as opposed to like, I saw you like scuba diving or whatever it is. And I think like the real value of personalization is threading it throughout your approach. So typically you used to personalize your first email and it'd be heavily personalized. And if that didn't get a response, it would then be a series of any thoughts, what's your thoughts on this, things like that. (laughs) So your sort of personalization would die after as soon as that happened. So I think the power and sort of like going into 2023 is making that threaded throughout the whole journey um so yeah and in terms of our team like um at Sourcewell we've got a great team and they're really great at personalization they do things in terms of like 
the football club they support or the soccer club. I guess there's a lot of um, US people on here. Um, <laughs> or their favourite bottle of wine or like anything like that, anything that could be relevant and you can really sort of lean into and bridge your your value prop as well and the challenge you solve. Um, really, really powerful. So yeah, huge fan. Um, Absolutely. And I'm seeing so much in the chat about curiosity. And I just want to say, I think that this ties in so well with what you're saying. When you are personally relevant, when you reach out to a prospect, leveraging curiosity is kind of the triad of success there. You want to be personal, relevant, and curious. So I think that that's fantastic. Now I want to talk a little bit about uh, video prospecting, how to scale up your video efforts. And this is really exciting because we have kind of a, a borrowed framework um, from our friend, Catherine Caldwell. If you're not following Catherine Caldwell, you absolutely must. She is fantastic. Um, I want to talk really quickly about parceling your video efforts into various buckets. I think a lot of people approach video messaging in a one-size-fits-all manner. That's not the way to do it. You want to have different scripts and different approaches for if you're filming an intro video, like, hey, putting a face to a name, um, and then a different one for whether you're filming a follow-up video, thanking someone for their time on a demo, um, an objection handling video. We'll go into kind of what that means. But think about your video messaging efforts as being different at different stages of your sales cycle and at different uh, junctions of your relationship with a prospect. So, um, Lucy, I want to start with you here to talk about scripts. So, you know, again, being a team lead, how do you enable your team to video message and and with scripts and content to do so? One hundred percent. So we're um, we are lean fans over at um, Sourcewell. So, um, but what we try and do is build out scripts like. And also just refresh them. Like if we find like our intro script isn't working for whatever reason, we mm-hmm. kind of like pull everybody together and think, what can we change about this? Are we not, are we giving too much value and not enough, enough um, challenges, I guess, and leading with the problems, I guess. And I feel like from sending um, like videos myself, like that always tends to be like, we're solving these challenges for people like yourself, if we could help you, would would you be open to a conversation? And when you ask sort of that question, or could it be worth taking a look or a peek or kind of those little like words to like, um, I guess, open people up and make it kind of like quite a low ask. And I know uh, Brandon will come on to this in a moment, but like that low call to action, but the video itself, like just building out scripts so that you can really scale what you're doing. Like it can be so time consuming when you think, God, I've got to record 10 videos in this hour and um, have a script which works and mold it to the person, the prospect um, and make it as relevant as you can. But um, yeah, have those scripts and that will keep you much more disciplined and time constrained. And yeah, make sure that you're always sort of like not going off on tangents and things like that. So yeah, I'd always recommend having having a script. Absolutely. And what I'm hearing you say is assumptive, not presumptive language. So asking those questions to open people up. So Brandon, talk to us because you're so good at sending these succinct, clear videos of what your tool does. If you're, if you're working for a company that has an easily demoable, is that a word? I just made it up. Demoable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brandon, talk to us about that. Yeah, I just wanted to add with, um, yeah, if you're sending like a video via email, like let's say it's a Loom video or whatever tool you're using, um, 
what I find success with is like, so you know how like, you know, if you're on YouTube or if you're on Netflix, whatever, like how important the thumbnail is. Because mm-hmm. it's like the thumbnail is what gets you to click, what's get used to like actually watch the video. So I think about this when I'm like using my video. It's like you have to have a thumbnail that like piques curiosity or actually just makes them click the video. Because if they don't click the video, then you know, then there's no point. So um, so usually what I do, like if this is, you know, an email is like, I make sure like the thumbnail is either their LinkedIn or their team website. Cause that's going to be like, Oh, what's this? This guy's like, you know, obviously <laughs> researching our company. What does he want? So that's, that's one tip I'll say before segueing to the framework. Love it. I love that tip. And, and to just kind of like double click on that. The thumbnail for folks who aren't familiar with that term, that's kind of like the little picture that you see before you click a video. Mm. So Brandon's brilliant suggestion is that that thumbnail be super personal to them. Whether again, like Brandon, you said, it's their LinkedIn page, their company page, something about them that's personal. And then they're seeing that thumbnail, they're more enticed to click into that. So that's a fantastic tip. If you have something that like shows their face, like yeah. if you can like zoom in on their LinkedIn profile face or yeah. maybe some, an article of them, they will <laughs> click it. Like I, hands, they will, we will absolutely kick, click it. That's so cool. And did everyone know? So, so first of all, I'm seeing a lot of questions about which tool to use. I'd recommend Vidyard. I love Vidyard. I think it's the most user-friendly and best video prospecting tool. Does everyone here know that you can actually put your face up in the corner of a video and share your screen and record that? So Brandon, have you ever done that when you're like demoing a tool or something? Is your face always up in the corner? Yeah, absolutely. And you can, yeah, even while you're recording it, you can like, you know, depending on what kind of text and stuff was on your screen, if it's blocking from your face, you can always move it to the other side. So yeah, I do love how versatile uh, Vidyard is with that. So yeah, I would highly recommend sharing your screen, um, you know, kind of highlighting your points. And then if you could quickly show like what your, you know, tool does and why it's relevant to them, or maybe relevant to them, I definitely would recommend that. Yeah. And what do you guys think about time for videos? So Brandon, I think what you're describing could possibly be a little bit more in depth how long do you think a video like that should be? I would say probably no more than a minute. Um, yeah, if you're pushing 60 seconds, I think um, you're probably going a, l- a little too in detail. Because you got to remember, like, the purpose of it is just to be curiosity. Like, you're not, like, telling them all the features. You're not even really sharing any value prop yet, I would be honest. Like, you're really just, like, trying to uncover, uh, and I guess we'll touch on this later, but um, you're just trying to like uncover a pain point and then just have like a, hey, is this relevant type of CTA? Um, Because if it's not, then it's like, okay, cool. There's no point in me getting to the value prop then if it's not a priority, so. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And Lucy, what do you think about that? Yeah, 100%, like I totally agree with everything Brandon said. And I just think like, when you think about, everybody now, like a lot of people are still working from home. A lot of them are in the office. If they've got a two and a half minute video to watch, like (laughs) they're going to have to go and find a spot in the office where they can sit and listen to it or to just try and keep it quite short, quite sweet. But I love that idea of kind of, yeah, I guess it's qualifying them before you, you give them the value prop. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be taking that tip, Brandon. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. And in this day and age, I think everyone has like a TikTok attention span almost, right? Like we're, <laughs> yep. we're used to these really short, like 15 to 30 second clips that do a really good job of explaining what you do. So keep it short and sweet. Another thing I'll say is how can you leverage graphics? Can you put mm -hmm. a green screen behind you? Like one of those green screens where you're like pointing at different things, like here's this, here's this, here's this, like getting creative with how you video message is so important. But I want to know kind of while we're on this subject and for everyone in the chat asking for examples, we are going to go into some frameworks um, and examples of this. So fantastic questions. Um, Lucy, how would you prepare for a video message? What are some tips you have for just the logistics behind like how to set up your screen, et cetera? hundred percent. So I know this sounds really sad, like, well, sad maybe, but like <laughs> just have one tab open and it's just like their LinkedIn profile, for example, like when you've got about 20 different tabs open, like it's, it's busy. Like the prospect doesn't know what to focus on. Like just make it quite clean and simple. Like also like something Brandon said, do you know when you can have your face on it? Like make sure your face isn't covering what you're trying to show or not trying to like, yeah. which yeah. sounds really simple, but I've got to the end of like a 60 second video and everything was perfect apart from the fact that you can't see what I'm actually trying to show them. So um, just keep it really simple, but just like do those little checks beforehand, make sure your videos work and make sure your sounds good. Um, and yeah, they're, they're kind of my top tips, quite simple, but um, yeah, they get the job done. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a good point. And by the way, everyone listening, this kind of creativity inspires so much more creativity. Um, you know, when I was in SDR, I used to have a little segment called Caroline's Corner, and I would set up my laptop and I would send all of my prospects 30 second little SEO search engine optimization tips every Friday. And that stemmed from a love for video messaging. So start to think through how being creative like this can spark more creativity for you. Um, that's fantastic. So Brandon, I would love for you to talk a little bit about this framework inspired by our friend, Catherine Caldwell. Fantastic, fantastic resource. Can you talk a little bit about this, Brandon? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, like I said, I feel like I wouldn't go over about 60 seconds when you're sending you know, a video and it really honestly doesn't matter what step in your like email cadence or whatever. Um, just try not to go over 60 seconds because as Caroline pointed out, um, attention spans are getting shorter. So getting <laughs> to the point um, a lot quicker. But um, obviously with the first step, I would do an intro. So like, hey, um, not sure if you've ever gotten a video like this, but wanted to share, you know, blah, blah, blah. I honestly wouldn't even say like, hi, my name is Brandon Baker from whatever, because that's just going to be in your signature. So it's like, you like really try to be as concise um, and to the point as possible. Um, so get right into it. Like, hey, um, not sure if you've ever seen a video like this, but and then whatever you observe. So whatever you're sharing your screen with, if you notice something on their LinkedIn um, maybe that they posted that um, they're going to a conference or an event or something like that. Um, and then segueing into the um, paying point. So you can kind of have like a 30,000 foot overview and say like, you know, whatever, like most, uh, a lot of demand gen leaders I'm speaking with right now are, ha are struggling driving attendance to events. So that's just example of one, you know, an observation just working with certain persona that, you know, trying to uncover a pain. 
and then highlight a consequence. I think this is what was missing before I talked with Kathleen and did her master class is um, in my prospecting was highlighting the consequence. So not only just saying like what the pain point is, but like what's the consequence to that pain point. So, um, you know, a lot of demand gen leaders are saying that uh, they are having a challenge driving attendance at their events. And with this, there's less leads to hand off to the sales team, which could um, unfortunately have missed pipeline targets. So kind of showing like what the pain point is and why it's consequential will kind of drive some urgency. And then just having a soft CTA, like, have you ever tried, have you ever tried sending direct mail to help, you know, drive attendance for these events or whatever your value proposition is, just kind of asking, like, have they tried something um, or have you ever considered like this option or this new approach? I think it's the best way to like introduce your solution in, in a video. Um, that way it's not coming off like too salesy. And like I said, I you don't really have to mention your name or the company. They're going to see it in the signature. And it's also, it's honestly better you don't because they're going to be like, oh, well, who's this? And what's this company? And they might, you know, go to your team's website, do all the things that you want them to do. So um, hope this was helpful. And um, yeah, happy to answer any questions about the framework. That was like mic drop moment, Brandon. That was fantastic. So I wanted, there's so much to unpack there. And Lucy, I'm so excited to get your take on this framework and on any frameworks or examples that you have. Brandon, something that you said that really resonated there is cut the fluff, right? Like you don't need to say, Mm. my name is Brandon. This is what I do. Here's where I'm from. Because you know what? Everyone listening, people see your face. They see your name attached to your face. They know who you are. Um, So that is fantastic. The other thing I want to highlight is the assumptive, not presumptive language. Fantastic points. So Lucy, can you speak to this framework a little? Is this similar to, to, to kind of how you help your reps? hundred percent. Like it's, it's definitely something that we try and really do. And just to, but I think like the biggest thing that like I've really learned from Brandon, even just like from sitting here is that highlight the consequence, but then a soft call to action. Like you're not like, is this a challenge? If so, you need to book a demo now. Like it's more like just keep it quite open, keep it quite casual. And I think like something we're really, we're really good at is, and something that I really try and like um, encourage the SDRs to do is do like, I think somebody actually mentioned it in the chat is about when it's the actual email that you're sending it with, like keep that all quite vague and ambiguous, just like, Hey, um, have you seen like take a look at this like and then just your call to action like curious to find out more like just keep it quite casual quite low ass but also don't you don't need to put like your value prop or anything else in that email like it can just be let the let the video talk for itself um I think is like the biggest piece of advice when using it in email prospecting that's yeah. such a tip <laughs> and then one thing I'll add that I I didn't mention that is honestly really important is be enthusiastic. Like if you've ever (laughs) seen, if you've ever seen the movie trailer, like, you know, it's high drama, high action, explode, whatever. Like it gets your like emotional spike to a T. So like um, definitely like if you're sounding monotone, if you're sounding like, you know, just, and, and I, and I did it early in my prospect and I didn't even notice. And then I was like, wow, I'm sounding really flat on these videos. I need to bring in energy and enthusiasm because if I'm not enthusiastic about it, then like 
they're not, why would they care? Like, <laughs> so definitely like make sure you're smiling, make sure like, even if like no one can see I'm using my hands right now. So you like use your hands, be animated, like trust me, it definitely will help. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I'm seeing a couple questions in the chat about other CTAs besides just, you know, have you ever tried this or would you be open to this? I have an idea, but Lucy, I want to I want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, yeah, so I really like those kind of like curious, like, have you ever considered this or things like that? Those kind of quite low asks. Um, but I think sometimes like when people receive these videos or they receive a sales email, like they're so like everybody's so busy like asking for time like we know that's such a thing of the past but I think sometimes it's really worth calling out saying like no big decisions like but have you considered this before like that no big decisions like kind of just makes a prospect shoulders like drop mm. like you think yeah. oh I'm not having to go onto a demo and get my credit card out and get ready to buy something it's just a no big decisions conversation but let's let's talk sort of thing so right. that's kind of like my my golden ticket to to those sort of call to actions i love that so so no big decisions you don't like have to tell you yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's great brandon what do you think do you have any unique ctas that you've used that have worked really well <clears throat> um honestly the ones i mentioned like have you tried have you considered like i mean because they're just so easy to answer it's like yes we've tried it like or no we haven't um, so yeah, I, I honestly really just to get the ball rolling, um, like, uh, and this is what, well, I read for emails mentions is like, it's okay to have like a yes or no answer, like just to get a reply and the same yeah. thing for video. Like, like the goal is like, just to get a reply, just to get a conversation going. Like, um, cause like, you know, Lucy said, like the days of like asking for time or, you know, all those things are kind of like going by the wayside. So you just want to see if, because if they're applying, that that means at least they're curious and it might be relevant to them. This might be a priority for them. Um, they're not replying because they're busy. Like, so if they're applying, like it, it resonated somewhat with them. Yeah. Otherwise they would just have ignored it. So like you're already one step in the right direction. So there's no need to um, get overthink the CTA too much, I wouldn't overthink it too much. Like just have in mind, like, okay, if I was viewing this video, like what would get me to respond? Like, Absolutely. that's all you really have to think about. Absolutely. It's so important to put yourself in the prospect's shoes too. watch your video back. Um, that's fantastic yeah. advice. So before we move on to the next slide, I have another question for everyone here. And feel free to answer this question. I'm going to kind of explain what this means here. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is do you know your mm. numbers this is a really important one so do you know your numbers by that i mean do you know what you need to be doing every single day to meet your goals as an sdr because most of you in this room are sdrs so do you know what those numbers are or do you kind of just <laughs> roll with it <laughs> <laughs> So I can't, time is flying so fast because we're having so much fun. Um, our, our, our last topic here is what are the keys to consistent, repeatable success? So that's scalable success, not just one day, one week success, every day, every week success for your days, your weeks, your months to blow it out of the park for your quarter. So I want to chat uh, really quick about 4Xing your pipeline. Has anyone ever heard this? Put a one in the chat if you've heard 
4xing your pipeline, that phrase. Yeah, I'm seeing some ones. <laughs> so what is 4xing your pipeline? 4xing your pipeline is making sure that you're giving yourself wiggle room. Okay, so that wiggle room allows you to maybe have a no-show or to have a meeting that isn't that great because you have four other meetings already lined up, right? So forexing your pipeline also ensures that you not only hit quota, but that you hit those multipliers, right? So if you're an SDR, typically you're comped um, or paid on meetings that you book, meetings that progress to the next deal stage. So you always want to make sure you're having more deals in your pipeline than is necessary so that you can succeed. Brandon and Lucy, please hit me with this wisdom here. What do you all think about consistent success for SDRs? What are your tips and tricks? I'll jump in. I was still waiting yeah, to see go ahead, to go, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I think like the I think like the real importance of like knowing my numbers hit me when it was like middle of the month, and I wasn't at target or like kind. I was way off target, and I was like, I don't know where these are going to come from, so I'm just going to scramble and kind of hope for the best and whatever. And I feel like. Once I like sat down and worked out my numbers and thought, well, what levers do I need to pull to get to my target was when I started seeing consistent results and consistent sort of um, success. So I feel like taking the time to sit down and work those out is so important. But I think like obviously it alluded to it on the slide then, but I always say like 50% of being an SDR is mindset and having the mindset that you can achieve those numbers and that it's attainable, it's doable, and it can be exceeded. And um, so knowing those numbers, having that mindset kind of makes you more comfortable thinking, well, I've done the maths, I know what I need to do. And um, so it should come. So yeah, um, that's kind of my take on it. What about yourself, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, I really love like Caroline's framework for this. I what what we did and what I did with my manager was so we would map out like what we needed to do to like make sure we had like enough meetings like in the pipeline. And then by the time it's around like that third week, maybe like the 20th, like like we sat down, we're like, all right, we're on the next month. Like like now my mindset's like, okay, from here on out, like for the rest of this month, I'm booking meetings for next month. So yep. now, now, like now, what Caroline said, now you have that buffer. Now, okay, I can, I have three, four meetings on the books for next month. Like I'm way less stressed. I have way less um, anxiety for the next month because I already have like a good bumper coming into that next month. So I feel like that was a good strategy that always worked for me. Always made sure like I was, you know, like uh, Carolina said, I was hitting those multipliers, but also like basically feeling good, like every single month coming in. Yeah. Setting yourself up for success. Right. And I'm interested to hear both of your thoughts on the mindset aspect of this, because we all know that it can, it can get a little grueling, right. To do the same things every day. And we talked a little bit about how to spice that up, but there's no denying that it can be a little demoralizing if you're not booking a ton of meetings one day. So what do you guys do to stay consistent, stay on top of your game even when you're not having the best day. Lucy, what do you think? I think like 
I think I've said this before, so Caroline and Brandon have already heard this, but like sales is champagne and razor blades. And I got told that quite early on in my career, um, I which that. I think was a blessing. I remember at the time being like, that's a bit scary, but um, it really is like there's going to be days where you're going to absolutely smash it. And, and you, some days you don't even know how you're doing it. Like your first call goes great. Your first email you send, they say yes. Like there's days that you kind of can't predict, but when it is tough, it's kind of really important this is why it's so important to know your numbers. Cause if you just have the thing, right. Okay. Typically I do 10 calls and by the 11th call, somebody said, yes, kind of start working like that and think how many yeses do I need today? And then build it up like that. And um, kind of just helps you like to feel more comfortable, feel more confident and just, yeah, it is, it can be tough out there. Don't get me wrong. And um, yeah, 2023 is bringing its own challenges, but um, yeah, I think that's kind of key. So, oh, fantastic. Champagne and razor blades. I don't know if everyone. I love that, that tagline. Fantastic. We have some tweets. I've never heard of it before, now. Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to talk uh, a little bit about what a formula looks like, right? So, we talked about forexing your pipeline. Now, let's talk about walking back your KPI. So, this is something I did for every member of my SDR team when I ran a team. I would have them take their total accounts per quarter, right? So let's say that's 300. That means you have 100 accounts per month, okay? That means you can parcel it down to 25 accounts per week. So then you can look at those 25 accounts and say, okay, how many of those accounts should be current customers? How many of them should be high intent stage accounts, lower intent stage accounts. You can parcel that out in so many different ways, but this is a really cool formula. And if you all listening want to actually take your calculators out and even start to do (laughs) this math for your own accounts, we are going to, I hope, help you really activate your productivity. So Lucy, what do you think about, like, if you have 20 accounts per week to focus on, where would you start? Um, If I've got 20 accounts, it's kind of like really making it quite granular and thinking, okay, well, what do I need to achieve today? Like what needs to be done today? Who needs to be touched up in which way? And um, how do I sort of get to that point? Um, So I think it's just about being quite granular once you've even got like even 20 doesn't feel like a big number. But once you start like breaking it down into how you can achieve it, then that's where I think the real success is. So Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So true. What needs to be done today? So Brandon, how would you approach 20, 25 accounts on a Monday morning? (laughs) Yeah, I think what really helped me was uh, basically being skeptical, I guess. So it's like, uh, you know, I obviously, you know, I have like medium and high attend accounts. Okay. But like, why, like what's triggering that? So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, digging into like, okay, did they download content? Like, do, are they like, hiring a whole bunch of sales folks, like whatever it may be. And it's just like, is that relevant to like things that we solved before? Like, can I reference a customer story for that or whatever? So I need to justify like the reason why it's high intent and then go from there and then be super, super like targeted with like the persona that you're reaching out to. So like I said, referencing customer stories, if you have any type of like, uh, demo recording system, like a gong or wingman, like, uh, listening to those calls, understanding why your prospects are taking meetings, like right now, like 
you know, usually that's the first question an AE asks, and you can just you can write write it down right away. Okay, this person took a meeting because this, and now you have like a pattern of why people are like coming to see your solutions and pain points you're solving. And then does that match up with the accounts that I have right now? Because if it doesn't, then let's talk to a manager and let's let's like shuffle some accounts that have higher intent right now or what you believe is higher intent. I'm not questioning like the ABM tools because they're great, <laughs> but you you need to kind of like, you, you have to be a little bit um, skeptical and like kind of play detective a little bit. Cause I mean, like, like this is your money, this is your comp on the line. And so you want to really make sure that, these accounts are legitimate and you have a legitimate shot in booking business with them. That's such a good point. So for everyone listening, you know, we're going to wrap this up now with some questions, but this was such fantastic insights and you're going to be able to get this recording and to see all of this after. So you can feel free to use this formula. So let's dive into it. We have a few minutes left. So do you use chat GPT in your outreach? And if so, how Brandon <laughs> hit us do do you use it <laughs> so I know this is like the hottest like topic right now as far as um I reach with chat CPT I saw Morgan Ingram try and honestly I had I didn't try it until Morgan I was like all right Morgan Ingram does it I'm gonna do it so I actually um I've done it for like jobs I'm applying to and I will say this like it can accelerate, it can accelerate like the time it takes to understand certain like um, pain points and challenges that your persona will go through. Like it's really good if you like prompt it um, to that point. Now, will I, am I using it for like my emails, like email writing and, you know, things of that nature? No, like I, I feel like I kind of get a gist of like what my copy should sound like just from yeah. my experience. Um, but as far as like research goes, um, kind of understanding challenges that are facing right now, I have used it for prompts for that. And it has like, kind of like helped like direct me in the right direction, if that makes sense. So that's kind of how I would recommend using it just from my experience. Um, I wouldn't really rely on it too heavily on copy because it, I feel like it's still, you can still tell like that it's not coming from a human, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's such a good, I mean, it's such a good point. I've, I've been seeing people leverage it in so many different ways. So our, our yeah. last question, Lucy, I'd love for you to take this one on. So Gary asks, you know, with video prospecting, what is included in the body of the email? So Gary has started with video prospecting, but not totally sure what to include in the text. What do you think when you send GIFs or memes or videos, do you include text above them? Um, so it's a really good question. Um, and I think like I kind of alluded to before, like when you send a video email, like your video should be the body, like that should be the thing that they want to open, they want to click on. So things like having their profile there and things like that, building that intrigue, kind of let that do the work for you would be my piece of advice. Have a really good subject line, have a really good um, sort of like introduction and like um, like even like something like Gary, have you ever thought of this? And then the video and the like, leave it like to build intrigue. Um, yep. and I would keep it quite short like that all in all honesty. Um, I think that's the real, the real value is the video. So keep it short, keep it sweet and, um, and really build that curiosity to make them click on it and watch to the end as well. 
Love it. Fantastic. So thank you everyone so much for tuning in. Um, Brandon, where can people find you if they want to uh, connect or, or chat or give you a dope job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me. Um, if, I, if we didn't answer any of your questions and you still are very curious, do not feel shy to hit me with a DM. I'll respond. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Fantastic. And Lucy, what about you? 100% same as Brandon and, and everybody else find me on LinkedIn and um, yeah if there's any further questions or um, yeah anything that you kind of want a little bit more detail on or anything um, I can probably point you in Brandon's direction because he's probably got better <laughs> <one. So, laughs> but no um, feel free to connect with me and drop me a message and um, yeah the more the merrier awesome well thank you everyone so much we are at time thank you all for tuning in and have a wonderful day thanks everyone happy Friday Cheers. Happy Friday. Bye.